0: Oh, dear. we become a race of peeping Toms. What people ought to do is get outside their own house and look in for a change. Yes, sir. How's that for a bit of homespun philosophy? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, yeah. If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Tonight, Orson Welles produces and directs the 19th broadcast in the Mercury Theatre series of dramatized great narratives. There have been a number of famous authors represented in the broadcast, but none so young as Ellis St. Joseph, whose name many of us may be hearing for the first time tonight. The story is one which Mr. Welles has long considered, and he takes great pleasure in presenting A Passenger to Bali by Ellis St. Joseph, one of the great short novels of recent years. The young author was born in 1911 and gathered material for a passenger to Bali during a trip on a freighter in the Pacific. Though all the characters in his story are imaginary, the hurricane and certain other of the incidents actually took place. The freighter upon which he traveled was making its last voyage, and his story carries the weight of first-hand experience. The Mercury Theater on the Air presents A Passenger to Bali, starring Orson Welles as Dr. Albie Walsh. of this story will serve sort to of expel from my mind my last lingering glimpse of walk as I left him. A vision that appears more real in retrospect than it did at the time. It has grown real in the 14 years that have passed. It was what some men call chance and others destiny that linked our lives on the dock at Shanghai and a light disrupted them 200 miles out at sea. I merely accepted him as a passenger on the steamship roundabout, a trench steamer flying the British flag, carrying a crew of three white officers and 20 Kanaka boys, which I owned and put to trade in the Southern Pacific. Getting colder and thicker every minute jammy that's what it is there gives you the creeps not to see five foot in front of you only white wherever you look dan oldson mm-hmm. fog is fog well sometimes it is and sometimes it ain't superstitious mr Randall? now look here mr stagg you might be first mate and me only second mate but we're both sailors and i says it's a little queer like this ain't natural on the N.C. River this late in the year. The anchor ain't lifted yet. Captain broke. Bad omens. That's what. Saw so a rat dive overboard this morning. You're joking. <laughs> we don't want to joke about a thing like that. That wreck's leaving a ship. No seafaring man is. Shanghai, What Police. What are they? Looking around here for, like blooming goats. Not the van, maybe. Uh, maybe worse, eh? What I want to know is what brings them here. Here, Mr. Stagg, to the roundabout. I got a feeling about this here, Skip. Gentlemen. Oh, is that you, Mr. Rangle. Yes, Captain English. They finished putting the call on board. Will you pay them off as quickly as possible? Yes, I'll do that, Captain. Time's money. That's what I said. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes. Notice how she's closing in, blowing right up the river in our faces. Worse luck. Mr. Stagg, have you noticed anything. anything unusual tonight? Like watching? Well, for one thing, Shanghai Port Police. Oh, yes, I did, sir. Not more than a minute back, the launch went by. Anything wrong, Captain? Oh, no, I'm certain of it. We should have been out of the harbor and down the river two hours ago. Oh, well, what would be in the wind, Captain? Just for instance, some sort of trouble on the waterfront, I suspect. I knew something was brewing when we had trouble getting our deck hands. Oh. Is that all, sir? I was worried for a minute. It's <laughs> quite enough, Mr. Stagg. You can go right on being worried. Well, I thought from the way them police looked, it might have something to do with us, sir. What? With the roundabout? Personal life. Well, it will if we don't clear this harbor. Mm. Uh, not a very pretty world where peaceful men have to go about carrying a gun. Never knew you to tell one of them before. Protection, huh? From what, sir? From the Yangtze Chiang here. And the river pirates that shark it. For my own Kanaka boys, if they get the right meaning of the wrong words. From such a night as this. Captain, yes. Said you, Captain? Yes, Mr. Wrangle. I paid that clothing gang double quick, Captain. What I says is, save time, save money. Nice, eh? Time's money. Right you are, Mr. Wrangle. We've got precious little of both of them. Well, let's be off. Give the orders, Mr. Stagg. Yes, sir. <laughs> first time I heard that man's voice calling my name. It's been ringing in my ears ever since. That was the first time I saw his enormous figure in its bell-shaped greatcoat, a figure that haunts me still. Haunts me? Mind you, I accept no more responsibility for his end if, if it was an end, than I do for his emergence from the fog that night. Yes? Who is it? Have I the honor of addressing Captain English of the roundabout? I am Captain English. Allow me to introduce myself, Captain English. I am the Reverend Dr. Rob Walks, a Dutch missionary. A missionary, Captain, bound for Bali. There to distribute Bibles. Bibles and spread the word of the Lord. Now, what can I do for you? Your hand, sir. The Lord has brought us together tonight, Captain. What the Lord has put together, let no man put asunder. (laughs) Isn't that your marriage sermon, Dr. Walks? Well, Captain, uh, our first meeting is a marriage. Or a parting. Uh, Captain. So, you're looking at this thing men call my face. Have you seen it before? No. Good, so much the better. Then we can start from scratch. Captain! Captain! Ready to rise? I'll be with you in a moment, Mr. Tanks. Excuse me, you think we're ready to sail, you see. I'm not giving to wasting words in mundane affairs, Captain English. Not I. I save my breath. You see how brief, how very brief I can be. Captain English, I am told that your boat puts in at Gulalong the fort of Bali. Is that correct? Quite. In that case, here you will find a Dutch passport, several papers for identification, mostly a clerical, and about 400 in American dollars. Be good enough to examine them. If the papers, the money, and myself meet with your approval, I shall sail with you tonight. Oh. Well, your passport seems in order. The photograph is... is you? <laughs> yes. My shadow and the sun. Yes, <laughs> a man must hold his shadow or lose the earth it falls on. there Captain. The visa seems proper. These letters... Uh, testimonials of faith, sir. And the money? testimonials of faith of another kind. Well, I'm afraid it's unfeasible, Dr. Walks. The roundabout is a trading seat. Name your price. Well, I admit you tempt me if funds are a bit low right now. Now Now's the time, then. Decide, sir. You own the ship as well as the commander. Yes, yes, I, I know. Then hoist your British flag, Captain, and be off with your Dutch passengers. Wait a minute. You say you're a Dutchman. Yet you don't have much of an accent. Captain English, the Lord speaks in many tongues. It's odd that you should have waited until the last moment, Dr. Walk. His work knows no other time than the present. It's very irregular, you understand, accepting at the last moment without proper investigation a stranger who... A stranger? Who... A minister of the Lord. Well, Captain? There's a police launch again. The third time tonight... Well, captain. Very well, I'll take you. The uh, meeting, sir, is a marriage. <laughs> 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 Dr. Walks and his two large packing cases on board, we set sail from Shanghai. The following days faded into each other and blurred into weeks. First it was cold and it was hot. Nothing disturbed the ordered routine except the presence of Dr. Walks. He threw a palpable shadow over the whole ship. Something you couldn't put your finger on. A sort of restlessness. Unspoken dissension among the crew. Even the officers. I pretended not to notice. And then one day it was useless to pretend any longer. Mr. Wrangle and I were on our way down to the mess room for lunch. From inside we heard the voice of our Chinese cook. All right, Chinaman, now what more did he say? Uh, Just what he say. he got fellow love, God, hate, devil. What else did he say? Come on, spit it out or I'll break your risk. What's this, Mr. Sag? Ask him, sir. Two? No, no, me, no, no, captain. It's good, please, Captain. I think I'd rather hear it from you, Mr. Sag. Chew, you may go. Uh, thanks very much, Captain. Chew's been breaking place, sir. He gave me some lip, guilty of insubordination. You saw the way he backed out? Your words enough, Mr. Tag. Thank you, sir. Though I hardly see the necessity for handling it, well, handling him as you did over a broken place. Ah, him! More than the place. Well, what was it? That Dutchman, sir. He's up to something. He's been talking to the crow. We'll we'll not discuss the matter any further, Mr. Sag. Gentlemen, shall we sit down? the Walker is late for lunch, as usual. You uh, make up for it, he will, when he sees the grub in front of him. Ain't natural for a man of the cloth to eat so much. And what I say is how can any man be godly on a full stomach? <laughs> Much easier, I should say, than on an empty one. What use does he put his belly to, I wants to know? Don't bend it to no work. Shoves it into the prow of the boat and stands there all day like a bleeding figurehead. What for? Well, what's a figurehead for? But is it natural, sir, always to have him ahead of us wherever we goes? It gives you the feeling that he's taking the boat where he wants. Uh, he's too big for his clothes, if you ask me. I don't think he's even a reverend. And I don't care if he is or not. He makes my gorge rise just the sight of him and that smile of his. Yeah, there is something queer about him, all right. You feel it yourself, Captain. Gentlemen, I'd, I'd rather not discuss, Dr. Walks. Captain, you can use words better than I can, but I'm right and you know it. It was a bad night when you picked him off the wharf without knowing no more of him than you could see in the fog. Mr. Stagg, are you questioning the behavior of a superior officer? I'm sorry, sir. It's certainly that I... Good day, gentlemen. Another day, another lunch. <laughs> yes, a good lunch, too, I think. Good day, Dr. Walks. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, Mr. Stagg and Mr. Wrangle, I see, prefer a silent grace as usual. Yes, make, make, make it me to lie down in the green pastures. He prepared at the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Amen. Ah, gentlemen, I have an excellent appetite today. I congratulate you, Dr. Waltz. You've made a conquest of our cook. The quickest way to a ship's heart is through its belly, sir. Why not go straight to the heart? A practicing missionary, Captain English, cannot afford an impractical idealism. Opportunism, strategy, even lip service, sir. Oh, do you really believe that the end justifies the means? The essential means is strength. The essential end, the success. You believe even in violence, then, Dr. Walks, to attain your end? Even without an end, Captain English. Force. Force, sir. Grab what you can in your fists and throw the scraps to the weak. The law of nature, sir. Time to kill, time to heal time to break down and a time to build up. Look here, I don't know where you get that kind of talk from. Yes, it just is, chapter three, verse three. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. You ain't got no right to talk like that. Done only, that's right. What a good mind to report you to your bishop, gentlemen. Read man's past in water. Gentlemen, read man's past in water. Read his future and sand. Today is the time to tear down. Tomorrow, time enough to build. Mr. Stagg, did you hear that? I won't sit at the same table with a. With a <laughs> what, Mr. Stagg? I don't know what. That's no name for the likes of you. Well, Stagg has had his fill. <laughs> uh, how about you, Mr. Wrangle? That's that the kind of thing you preach to the natives? I'm sorry for him, I am. Excuse me, Captain. (laughs) Well, we're alone now, Captain. Are you with me, sir? No, Mr. Walker. You are with me on my ship. But you seem to have forgotten. the days to Bali we lay over at the Philippines and then we stopped at Surabaya meanwhile our passenger consulted with the crew a companionship I didn't discourage for it relieved us of his presence moreover there was an epidemic of surreptitious drinking upon this particular trip difficult to cope with it seemed to have some connection with him although what I couldn't tell he got on altogether too well with the native crew Night after night, his loud laughter mingled with theirs and carried up to us in the wheelhouse. And then, the evening before we reached Bali. <laughs> listen. Yeah, listen. You could hear it with six foot of dirt near your ears. Try to sleep through that. Look at them down there, crunching around that lantern like it was a bonfire. And him in the middle of leading him like he was queen of the May. Ah, oh, shut that door. Captain, are you going to stand for it? What can I do, Mr. Tag? Put him in chains. Well, we'll be rid of him tomorrow in Barley. What about that native crew down there? Ain't they going to be on board after tomorrow? Well, I'll take my chances with them when Dr. Walks is ashore. Well, we know you're not scared, sir. But... It doesn't matter whether you think I'm a coward, Mr. Tag. Well, oh, I didn't mean that, Yeah, Captain. you know, Captain... It's going to be a sad blow to lose our passenger. Come to love him, we have. Haven't we, Mr. Stegg? Yes, sir. Boy, he's in luck to get a man like him. Holy and wholesome he is. Ain't every day we have a passenger like Mr. Walks. Say, what's that? Someone coming up from below. Captain English. What do you want, Mr. Walks? This is the wheelhouse. The passengers are not admitted. Captain English! What is it? The I am come. I am come to you from the ends of the earth, from the brine of the sea, a gift that fortune has bestowed upon you. Captain English! Mr. Randall, kindly help uh, Dr. Walks, to his bunk. Uh, uh, my bunk. <laughs> bunk, what for, Captain English? Shall I close my eyes and count sheep? Man has, uh, has no time to sleep. he count them all. Dr. Walks, <laughs> you have a fever. Your heavy clothes in this heat is a rehearsal of death. I want to live. Yes, but Dr. Walker, you... Captain b- English, I would like the inestimable privilege of your help in going ashore. Tomorrow, in Bali, the Balinese, very ungodly, very ignorant people, ignorant Captain English. you worship... The Karuga Bird, an evil spirit. Start to walk. I shall free them. Free them from the Karuga Bird. I... Fader, take the wheel. Blanko, give me a hand with him. Come on. He's all out-beating, sir. Why? He's drunk. Drunk, is he? Oh, man. Well, at last there's something's got the best of that blasted Dutchman. The next morning we lay off the shallow water of Doolalong. As I leaned across the deck's railing, looking gratefully at the white coastline of the island that was to relieve my ship of its unwelcome passenger, waiting impatiently for the arrival of the government's launch, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I glanced backward into the Dutchman's face. An impersonal smile buttered his lips. Captain English, sir, I beg a word with you. Surely, Mr. Walks, you're not so poor in words that you need to beg one. I would to buy it, if I could, sir. Oh, no need. If it's farewell, you're welcome to it. Gladly. Captain English, I am a miserable and a repentant sinner. The devil has used me for his own ends. If you can find it in your heart to forgive and forget Captain English... I am sure we can come to an equitable arrangement. Your conduct is no concern of mine, Dr. Walt. <laughs> Precisely. You weren't paid to watch me, but... If you're agreeable, I should now like to make my, uh... uh welfare your business. Here, here's Two hundred dollars in the currency of God's own country. Well. What's this for? I'm hiring one of your lifeboats for the brief period of a half hour. Get ashore. It seems you're not yourself yet, Dr. Walks. Perhaps I'd better hold your money in until you're master of it. I knew I could rely on your discretion. Now for the lifeboats. Very well, sir. As soon as the port authorities have come on board... Oh, no, 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 no. Now. I'm afraid that's impossible. Good Lord, man, that's what I'm paying you for. If you think I want to wait on your deck until my papers are inspected. Do I have to explain? I understand you well enough, sir. I prefer not to know the details. I'm as anxious as you to have you off my ship. But if you double the bribe, I wouldn't lord a line to save you. Must I swim for it? I wouldn't if I were you. That's the government's launch now. See? Over there on the starboard side. Oh, order! Off order, and There's still time. Now, listen, man. It's your last chance. Yours as well as mine. Listen to me. Get me off this boat, or take the consequences. I swear it. You ransack the four corners of the globe, looking for this minute. Don't let it slip through your fingers. There's eternity in it. A moment later, the authorities came on board. Captain English. Ah, welcome, sir. Oh, are you the captain? I am. I am Van Matzis, chief inspector of the port of Buralong. A pleasure, sir. We've anticipated your arrival with impatience. We are anxious to clear port as soon as we can. Ah, so I look over your papers. Bills of lading, cotton goods, manifest. Hmm. Thank you, Captain. Oh. What is this? The declaration. A passenger? You say here is a passenger? As you see. But uh, what is this passenger doing on your ship? Here is not room for passengers, no? A missionary. Will you examine his papers, please? A missionary? You are sure? Yes. So? Very peculiar. I see nothing peculiar about that. But, uh, Captain, there is not the possibility for a missionary here at Bali. What? What, What's that? We are not uh, permitting a missionary here for many, many years. All the world knows this. I didn't know it, sir. I wouldn't have carried him if I had. I can believe you, Captain. Sir. Well, uh... Perhaps now we could see it as Of course. Mr. Fagg. Yes, sir. Ask Dr. Walks to set to the side of the deck. Yes, He is called Vaux. this man? Yes. Walks, eh? Huh? Dr. Walks. I'm here, Ben mm-hmm. Matthews. Uh, glad to meet you, sir. Dr. Vox, eh? Dr. Walks. This morning i wake, The birds sing. The sun is shining. Why is no volcanic eruption warning me that you are coming, Dr. Walks? My good sir. Uh, I am the eruption. <laughs> one moment, one moment. I don't understand. You, uh-huh. you, see, you mean you know this man? Certainly yes. I am knowing this man, your missionary. I am knowing him very well. Oh, yes. oh he is such a clever man. How is it possible you are coming as a clergyman here to Bali? <laughs> for so wrong. But what Am is I it? My dear sir, this was the only suit that would fit me. I had no time for shopping. Uh, you're not making clothes big enough to fit you, eh? No. No, nor countries either. Here's my passport, sir. A oh, passport? <laughs> 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 this is a fortune. <laughs> a clever fortune. What a pity. You have such a great talent, Mr. Walsh. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Such a good copy, this passport. It should be framed. Thank you, sir. If it's that good, I should like it returned for future use. Sir. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> such a talent. You could have been a Van Eyck, a Van Oster, a Rembrandt van Rijn. If only you had been so lucky to be born a Dutchman. What's that? What? He, he's not Dutch? No. This gentleman is not a Dutchman. He is not a missionary. He is not even his own name. Well, what is he? Here is an international figure, Captain. Everywhere he goes, he's making trouble. He's making trouble first in the West and now in the East. You have a, a famous man on your boat. Oh, please be clear, sir. What does he do? What has he done? Always he is making trouble with the natives. Last year, 5,000 coolies were following him from the cotton mills in Wuzhou. Not uh, two hours from Shanghai. Uh, six. Uh, Six thousand coolies, sir. Yeah, six thousand. I beg your pardon. And in Cebu, he was leading the Filipinos in a trouble, but was nearly closing the port. It closed the port. It closed the port. port. He knows. (laughs) Now they have cabled us from Shanghai. He is wanted there by the police, so... Now he is hoping he is landing here in Bali. But we are being too smart for him. But what's his name? What's his country? What am I to do with him? He has many names. But he has no country. Somebody is knowing, of course, but nobody is telling. (laughs) The Dutch East Indies are close to him. I do not know where is not close to such a man. (laughs) I doubt you will lose him. (laughs) Ever. To whom does he belong, Herman Matzis? I refuse to be burdened with him. You have no choice. Uh, Captain, I am sorry for you. Here he is on this ship. He belongs to you. <laughs> Would you turn me into a flying Dutchman, sir? A flying Dutchman, that's right. Mr. <laughs> Fox, <laughs> that's what you are. <laughs> you will sail from now until eternity. <laughs> yes. A flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> a flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> listening to a CBS presentation of Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air in A Passenger to Bali by Ellis St. Joseph. The play will continue in just a moment. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. We continue now with A Passenger to Bali by Ellis St. Joseph, starring Orson Welles in the role of Raubi Walk. <laughs> Charlie, the first seven days were a week of doomsdays. The news of our flying Dutchman flew like a screaming gull before our mast. In Macassar, Benjamin, Rembang, Batavia, Koba, Pekan, Singapore, Bangkok, the answers were all the same. Oh, Capitan, you cannot land him here. We don't want him. We won't have him. We want none of him. We know him. He's a pest, a plague, this man. We don't want him here. This port is closed to Mr. Watt. Moreover, So long as he is on your ship, the port is closed to your ship. You can't land him here. You can't land him. You can't. Not Not here. Not here. Not here. Not here. Not here. Not Not here. here. Not here. never attempted to escape, although heaven knows we gave him every opportunity. One day we opened his two packing cases, which he had said were loaded with Bibles. One was filled with gin, the other with empty bottles. It is impossible to say when or how, but slowly, imperceptibly, our passenger came to take possession of the ship and all its crew. The native crew fell more and more deeply under his spell. I was their captain in name, He, in fact, also, inevitably, as he filled the officer's mind, he ousted all other thoughts until he possessed them by their very hatred of him. We felt the restrictions of our forced association far more than he. We were his prisoners, not he ours. And when, at Mr. Spagg's suggestion, a concerted plan was attempted to put Walks into Coventry at mealtime, Walks without opening his mouth, except to eat or closing it, except to smile silence the entire company he all but emptied our stores with his huge appetite at last sacrificing all hope of profit all hope of everything but emptying our ship of that loathsome passenger we set our course west under ballast to shanghai shanghai where he was wanted by the police where we took him on there he would finally put him off uh, i felt that the ship would rise five feet out of the water once relieved of the dutchman's weight We steamed up the Yangtze River early one morning and anchored off Shanghai. The port officials informed us that the British consul was to favour us with a personal visit. It was noon before he came aboard. Captain, Captain English, he's here. Mr. Chisholm, the consul? Coming aboard, sir, with his portfolio under his arm like he was going to Geneva. And a monocle in his eye like the rising sun, but never sets on the British Empire. Ah, Mr. Chisholm. I'm Captain English. Oh, yes, oh yes. So nice to meet you. If you'll excuse us, Mr. Wrangle, I'd like to... Yes, sir. I'm grateful to you, sir, to take so much trouble, to come down personally, to... Not at all, my dear man. Uh, The Chinese port authorities informed me of your predicament and asked me to handle it in my own manner. Oh, so much the better for all of us. Uh, According to their specific instructions. Why, I I don't understand. My dear fellow, don't try. It's diplomacy. Only the stupid try to understand diplomacy, and they spoil the game for the rest of us, sir like playing blind man's bus with a really blind man and that makes it too macabre uh, i say you're, uh, won't you ask me to sit down oh please please thank you i say there's a cold draft on my back would you mind closing the door the mm. draft what is it in this heat diplomacy dear boy a diplomatic way of suggesting we may be overheard oh uh, and now mr chisholm Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where, where were we? We oh, hadn't begun. Uh, to be sure, you're flying Dutchman. Yes, I'm awaiting your verdict. Incredible man. Incredible situation. Unendurable, sir. Well, of course, you can't land him here. Shanghai doesn't want him. You'd uh, better take him somewhere else. What? What did you say? Your passenger, oh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Walks? Uh, the man's a bounder, you know, Shanghai, has its quota of bounders. But, but I, I understood... I want him the police are looking for him they were they aren't now but how can that be inevitable my dear fellow it's the philosophy of the flea if you have them you hunt them if you don't you don't go looking for them did did the Chinese tell you to say that the thought is theirs the phrase is mine. good heaven but uh, how, how can they refuse him if he's broken their laws Mr. walks would certainly be arrested if he sets foot on land that he will not be given the opportunity This saves the Chinese government a complicated legal procedure which might prove embarrassing. And what of my embarrassment? And likewise, dispenses with the trouble and expense of providing for him. And what of my trouble? What of my expense? Really, my dear man, my heart bleeds for you, of course. uh, That is humorous aspect. What what did you say? If one suspends one's emotions and thinks. Humor, Mr. Chisholm? All very well for you. But what of me? I'm the butt of the joke. Really, my friend. A man is on my boat and I can't get rid of him. No port will accept him. Worse than that, no port will receive us while he's on board. They've turned him into a flying Dutchman, and they've turned us into a phantom ship. My crew is not allowed to land, not even to desert. You realize what that is? The sentence of death. Wholesale slaughter. Oh, what have I done to deserve this? you have accepted him. Well, is there nothing to be done with him? Absolutely nothing. I am afraid that your famous passenger is a man without a country. I am helpless in the face of that. Then what, what can you do for me, Mr. Chisholm? Am I expected to sail him around the world all the rest of my days? It looks that way, doesn't it? I'll scuttle the ship first. Not a bad idea. Oh, I I'd, i hope that at least you, Mr. Chisholm, at least yes, you. If I might suggest. Yes, yes. Mr. Walks is a child of nature. He relies upon force. You might meet force with uh, force. Force? Remember this, my dear Captain. The man you have on your ship carries no passport, is claimed by no country. Legally, he doesn't exist. As such, no flag protects him. He has no rights. And uh, if he were suddenly to uh, disappear, no questions would be asked. Uh, Do you follow me? Yes. If I were uh, in your shoes, Captain, I'd uh, go for a walk with him on some dark night. Around the deck and talk. You know, talk. Keep on talking to him until you come to the railing's end. And then... But, but that's murder. I fail to see how you can murder a man who doesn't exist. He does exist. It's what none of you seem to realize. He's a man, the same as you and I. He might commit suicide, you know. <laughs> well, I must leave now. I shall anticipate a bit and report that your passenger does not exist. I found no one on the boat that remotely resembled Mister. Walk. Sir, ah! the ghost, gentlemen. He moved in so quickly that we would not notice his coming. Is this the English consul, the August representative of Great Britain? Uh, as I was seeing, Captain, I shall report that there is no such person as Mister. Walk. Uh, your passenger doesn't exist. Uh, Nevertheless, I must take the proper precautions. I shall report that I found plague on board. Um, cholera, I think. Would you it... turn me into a disease? <laughs> no, a bubonic would be better. Your ship, your ship will be placed in quarantine. Needless to say, no one will be allowed on nor off, and... Uh, you will depart as soon as possible. Shall I swing a bell and shout, unclean, unclean? China can control so bubonics, but she has no antidote for Mr. Walk. Uh, you are quite clear, Mr. Chisholm. Today, my dear Captain. Good no! No, you don't! Mr. Chisholm. I'm big enough to fill this doorway. I wouldn't try to pass if I were you. I'm a catching disease. I warn you. Captain and the crew have caught me, and I'm fatal to them. Try to pass me, and you'll catch it yourself. You see, Mister Chisholm, when I'm in your way, you've got to take notice of me. Why haven't I do exist? After all, that's all, sir. You may leave with my permission. Well, Captain English, we are as we were. No, Doctor Walsh. No, how so? Shanghai, your last chance to lose me—it's out. I'm yours. No. No. I must take Mr. Chisholm's advice. Oh, she suggested one more port, still another. Is there such a place? Such a land on earth. I have no doubt, they will accept you there. Will they? I should hardly have thought it possible. Even if I were to die, I doubt if you would lose me. You'd probably carry me back and forth between heaven and hell. <laughs> Mr. Walks was still on board when the roundabout weighed anchor and passed with the river out to sea. At night, the ship began to roll. The barometer fell. We headed the ship into the wind. I was unable to stay in the wheelhouse alone with my thoughts. Mr. Chisholm's whisper was blowing like a foghorn through my brain, urging me... I fled to the deck in the welcome company of my two mates. Mr. Wrangle, Yes, sir. Report to the wheelhouse. Take the wheel yourself and don't let it out of your hands. Very good, sir. And Mr. Wrangle. Yes, sir. If the wheel starts to kick up, call me. We may need to her. Yes, sir. Look bad, sir. Well, we're in typhoon waters, Mr. Stagg. Look Well, we're in typhoon waters, Mr. Stagg. But it's past the season, ain't it? A shark's tail is more dangerous than its tooth. I don't like the look of that hammered water or those oily clouds on the horizon. Captain... That... I've been thinking a good deal all these last two days about. You know this situation of ours, yes. about walks. Now, I got an idea. What is it? You know, I don't know how to say it. Well, why not? What's to keep us from giving him a light boat and some food and setting him adrift? After that, But we wouldn't be there to see it, would we? Oh, no, no, that's impossible. It's inhuman. Well, I suppose you'd sooner see him drowned. Kinder, eh? Drowned? Why not, sir? It's going to be a dark night, isn't it? The man fell overboard tonight. Who told you to say that? Why, nobody, sir. The man's it's, it's beyond reason, sir. We can't carry him from now until the day of judgment. If he were on land, the law would do it for us. You're the Lord, see? I'd I excuse to discuss... Think of him, sir. You think it'll be pleasant for him to spend the rest of his life at sea? Never to put foot on land? Have you thought of that? i thought of it. I, I, I don't want to think... He's a joner, I tell you. He should be thrown to the whales. It isn't safe to have him on board. Move speed ahead. Fire the buoy with top Keep her headed into the wind. Yes, sir. down the hatches. Call all men on deck, and i in the engine room. Secure everything. I'll see to the wheel. Yes. Dirty weather, eh, Captain? What? Why, are you surprised? Were you thinking of me? Or were you conspiring with the wind and waves? What do you want? I told you before, you're not allowed in the wheelhouse. Never. Never. I wish to speak with you. I have nothing to say to you. But I insist, shall we? Take a turn about the deck. You're out. Very well. I'll be brief. There's a storm coming. Yeah, dark night, you say, but... Perhaps we won't notice it if we talk, you know. Talk. Keep on talking. Ah, you prefer to stop. No, no, Let's 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 let be going. Railings in but this is an excellent place. Chance has guided us. Pure accident. But the railing sale. I must go onto the bridge, Dr. Walk. Tell me, sir. Why do you hate me? What? I... This is no time for equivocation. If you must spare me, spare me that. Give me the reason, one good reason, why you hate me. Uh, You tricked me into accepting you on this boat, knowing very well what would happen if you were caught. But your animosity began long before you knew me for the villain I am. You had a demoralizing influence on the whole crew. Before that, sir, it began before that. Uh, Your ideas. Captain English, think back. Certainly it began before I attempted to corrupt you with my ideas. It it began. Yes? The night I picked you up off the wharf, I suffered a physical revolt in the moment I laid eyes on you. I found my reasons later. That night, Mr. Walk, I disliked you without cause. Thank you. You disliked me before you knew anything about me. And you must have disliked me for some reason. Some reason within yourself, Captain. Perhaps you do right to blame me for making you conscious of it. Mr. Walk, I must go to the bridge. Wait a minute. You hold me responsibility for the undesired linking of our lives. That's no responsibility. It's yours to blame, not I. You and the civilized world, your world. They bound me to you. Let me go. Let go my arm. Civilization is rocking, Captain, yes. because its origin is fear, the vacuum, the nature of force, like the center of the earth. All right, Key. Upon which the four winds of the earth are converging. me, yes. yes, I must head to the bridge. Let me go, Mister. Listen Lord. to me. Your society is tottering For 2,000 years, the strong have been sacrificed and the weak. And with what result? To imprison the strong, the weak have imprisoned themselves. The whale, Captain, me. The whale. That's why you abominate me, Captain, because I destroyed your illusion of freedom and betrayed you to yourself. I am the opposition. The Mr. Stagg told you that so. Well, here we are at the railing pin. Why don't you do it? You' Walsh. If our positions were reversed, Captain, do you think I'd hesitate for a minute? I'd move quietly. I'd take a sudden step forward. I, By heaven, I will do. Fool. You're not strong enough. This ship is mine now. Mine, I, I'll never leave it. Get up. Give you back your life. You would have died with your conscience. You would never have survived me. The wheel, Captain! The wheels! Rope! The wheels loose! The wheels! You get side The wheels! Ah! I don't know how in the wheelhouse. A flash of lightning showed the ocean pouring in through the broken portholes. Another flash, and we saw the wheeling wheel, a huge wooden wheel in blurred outline. The spinning, spinning. <laughs> lay in the corner, crumpled in a natural angle as if the wheel had thrown him. He was dead. His body more, more mute witness to the wheel's horrible force. It would chop our hands off if we touched it. It was overwhelming, inexorable. It had a diabolical mind of its own intent upon our destruction, and we danced about it like idiots. The ship was shrieking in a death agony. Her life was a matter of moments. With an uncontrollable rudder, she would drive herself down into the deep. A great wave struck the walls and broke in the door and descended upon us. The ship raised her shoulders above the sea and the water washed out through the whirling wheel we saw looming in the doorway of the wheelhouse an immense figure. With the salt water running, running down him, dripping from his face and fingers, Mr. Walk might have risen from the sea itself. Out the way! Mr. Walk, you can't stop that wheel! And I... you, mad? I'll kill you! I'm not afraid of it, I'll it if I have to smash it! walk he he's done it! I got the wheel on his back. I have. I got the ocean, the whole ocean on my back. Can you hold it, Tag? Grab the wheel. Help him. Here, let me get on it too. Good, good. No, there's rope coming. Do you hear? Open my collar. Open my collar. Is that better? We can hold it. I longer. can hold it. Little it will be necessary. What's that? What's that you say? We're... We're holding nothing. The ship's rudder just... snapped. For as much as it has pleased almighty God of his great mercy to take unto himself the soul of our dear brother, Angus Wrangle, here departed... We therefore commit his body to the deep, to be turned into corruption, looking for the resurrection of the body when the sea shall give up her dead, and the life of the world to come to our Lord Jesus Christ, for at his coming shall change our vile body, that it may be like his glorious body, according to the mighty working whereby he is able to subdue all things to himself. Amen. Next morning, we took toll of the havoc. Through heaving silvery water and swirling fog, the roundabouts drifted aimlessly. Lifting 30 degrees to starboard, the ship was a corpse, floating, face upward, wrecked and mangled beyond all recognition. All but one lifeboat was stove in or gone. Four Kanaka boys had been washed overboard, others had broken limbs. None of us was without a booze of one kind or another. I took our bearings. We were 200 miles off the coast of China. We had no wireless. And the roundabout, past control or repair, might sink before she was sighted by another vessel. After a brief consultation with Mr. Stagg, I decided to abandon ship. And your mind is made up, Captain? Yes, Mr. Stagg. All men on deck? Yes, sir. And then then who has been ringing the ship's bell? Uh, No, sir. Ghost bell. On a ghost ship. Glad up, Walk. Rope <laughs> is broken, Captain. Bell's ringing by itself. Yes. The swaying that does it. This yes. yes, is the flying Dutchman. Demon vessel. We drift rudderless in the fog in all directions. And to no port. Let the Spectre Bell boom its warning to all ships. Beware! He's done. Well, been at it ever since in, last night. Let Mister Walsh talk. Let uh, the bell uh, toll. There's no have time been, for either of them. My, Men, I'll we're abandoning ship. Get what belongings you have. Nothing heavy. We're, we're taking to the one lifeboat children, left. Children, birds. Two, go to my cabin. You will find them in the log there. My sextant. Bring them here, Captain. Lifeboat leaks pretty badly. You'll do with bailing. You have to do. You sure there's something to bail out on board? Yes, sir. I'll get it myself. Sir. Horse! Captain, Ryder, right around the deck and give your orders on horseback! What's that? What are you talking about? Around about us, no more. This is manifold, the vast boat that is the whole world. The mountains are a mass. The nails of her hull are a pivot for the moon. Her cables are the circumference of St. Peter's Dome and extend around the globe. The ship is sinking, uh-uh. Mr. Walks. I've more to do than listen to fairy tales. Fairy tales is more truth than the use of go get provisions and water ready. I uh, Captain. tell Captain. This is Manifold, Captain Manifold. Look about you. Her lower masts are so high that a boy becomes a gray-headed man before he reaches the furrow shrouds. It takes a hundred years to tax. One of her sailors dies. She buries civilization. I've no time for you, Mister Wolf, Captain. Yes, two. Log two sextants here. I don't need both of these. We'll put the log and on one of them in the boat. Yes, I'll take the other. You're yes. a long way to row, Captain. Means oh, pick up a doomsday and ruin, to sir, Captain, Captain, thou art mine, Captain, Captain, I am thine, thou mine, I thine, so long as the sea be bright. Come on, men, oh, hurry up, boat, get sir. your things in the boat, see that they don't overload Mr. attack. Yes, sir. See, they leave room for me, I'm a man that likes to stretch his legs. Are you so sure of yourself? As sure as I am of you, Captain, I can say anything, do anything. And it wouldn't make any difference. I suppose you can. I rely upon your charity, pity, mercy, your holy virtues that are oil for the faulty machineries of justice. Then it would be just to leave you behind. You won't. You'll take me with me. You don't dare leave me behind. Oh, well, you know me, Mr. Walker. I suppose you even rely upon my gratitude. Gratitude for what? You saved the ship last night. Gratitude, I saved you last night as a soldier infested by lice. might crouch beneath cannon fire and thus rescue himself and them from a common death. I gave you no thought. I see, Captain. Better make it fast, sir. How's she below, Stag? Water up a boiler, sir. All right, Stag, we're ready. Give the order to abandon ship, right? Abandon ship! All right, take it easy there. Don't crowd. Careful, men. Watch it. One at a time. Captain, this time I obey your order gladly. It wasn't meant for you. Mr. Walks, you are not going. What's that? You always wanted my ship. I'm giving her to you. She's yours. I'm not going! Now you're the captain. I needn't remind you of a captain's duty to stay with his ship Would when... You leave me on the roundabout? He may float for a week or an hour. You'll be safe for a while, and there'll be food enough even for you. I wish you a pleasant journey. Wherever you're going. I'll see you rock first. The one consideration that might have made me take you was my gratitude for what you did last night. But your explanation has made things clear. Ready, Mr. Sag? Yes, sir. Into the lifeboat, sir. Don't listen to him, sir. Well. Captain, I have no excuse. I'm the lowest of the low. My home is deeper than the grave, deeper than the sea. You're right to desert me. It's only justice. Then there's nothing more to say. Now stay. The ship won't sink while a dying man repents. I am evil. Oil, I deserve to drown, and yet... Have you no pity, Captain? No charity? No mercy? Oil, you called it. Oh, I was drunk. You shall. I had a mother. I don't believe it. I don't ask to be excused, only to be forgiven. I forgive you, Mr. Walks, and forget you. Into the boat, men! Set your time, now. Set your time, now. Goodbye, Mr. Walks. Not so Soon! Don't forget, I'm your shadow, your doppelganger, your doomsday passenger, Mister Walk. I warn you, it's the end of your world, Captain, the beginning of mine. You stay on the roundabout. I'll take the light one. Look out, Captain, Mister Walk. Stand back. Your voice isn't loud enough for me to hear. Stay where you are. Now, if I shout through the muzzle of this gun, you may hear the whisper. Hear you very well now. The pity had to end this way. I would move heaven and earth. Heaven help. and earth will stay where they are, sir. And so will I. Ready to lower the boat, sir. I'm coming, Mr. Tag. I sext him, Mr. Walk. You'll need it. Not I. I'll shoot the Sun and stars with more than a sextant before I die. Get along, sir, and whistle for the wind. We'll be meeting soon again. Lower away. <laughs> Lower. off with no other sound than the movement of our oars. Walks followed us around the deck and finally lifted his hand and waved. We moved apart as the loom of the great hull grew shadowy, only a little heavier and darker than the enveloping whiteness. His colossal figure, like a ghostly apparition, appeared to dwarf the vessel. The roundabout rose gradually out of the black and silver water, and he too, in mid-air, as though awaiting a message. Then the hulk dilated in the fog and faded on the horizon like sea mists in the morning sun. We could see nothing. Our own strange faces dimly in the murky light. The Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations have presented the Mercury Theater on the air in its 19th broadcast of dramatized great narratives. The story was A Passenger to Bali by Ellis St. Joseph. The adaptation for radio was made by the author himself, and Orson Welles directed the entire production. In the cast tonight were Captain English played by George Calouris, Mr. Stagg, Frank Reddick, Mr. Wrangell, Eustace Wyatt, then Matis, Ray Collins, Mr. Chisholm, Alfred Shirley, and Mr. Walk's Orson Welles. The orchestra was directed by Bernard Herman and Davidson Taylor supervised the production for CBS. Your announcer is Dan Seymour. Sunday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air will bring to life a masterpiece of humor, Pickwick Papers by Charles Dickens. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.